Well, g'day T, how are we? I'm good, thanks B. I can't believe it's been a week since last time we talked. Time does go very fast. It does. Especially and when you get as old as we are. That's right, it starts to completely go fast because woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil sends the beast with wrath because he knows the time is short. <laughs> That's the beginning of Number of the Beast, this Iron is, Maiden. Is it? Mm. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number ah, of the beast. I don't, I don't, what a great song, though. I do remember that. Um... Here we are, episode six, and episode six we are going to call Why Does the Devil Have All the Good Music? Mm. Which I've just been informed again, wealth wealth of knowledge, this tea bloke, um, that was a Cliff Richard song. Yep, Cliff Richard did a version of that, definitely. Mm. He was um, he is a born-again fundamentalist. Yes. Is he still? I think so. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. I mean, he may have mellowed, who knows, but, but he certainly was. You would, you would hope he has mellowed. Um, so you, I, I think you should talk, uh, like you did in the last episode, a little bit to our online presence, some, oh, of, yeah, the, sure. some yeah. of the tools available. Um, you are the king of our online presence. Our downloads are creeping up there. Yeah, definitely. A few we're, downloads. we're starting to get people subscribing, and we're starting to see people interact with us online. So you can download this. We, we release every Saturday. Yeah. Um, uh, Australia time. We've even got people from overseas downloading, which is nice. Mm. Um, so add a day, um, but or, or take away a day, I should say. Yeah. Um, and we also on Facebook where there's a group. There's a Facebook page and a Facebook group. So feel free to to join those and connect with us. And um, we're, we, you know we're not going to be extremely strong on censorship or anything. So you don't have to agree with us. Um, you can argue with us, whatever. We may not argue back, mm. but you're welcome to come along and be a part of of the chat. Yeah, look, I'm probably committed to not arguing back because, you know, I've been on both sides of the coin, as have you, and I definitely want to respect people's opinions and what they say, and um, we all come with our own stuff. Yeah. Everyone's got their own stuff. Exactly right. Um, I think this topic is a very big one. Music was a big part of the church scene. It? Yeah, well, I think it's because it's not just because, you know, there is a history of, of music within church. I think the whole idea of um, churches getting together and singing songs mm. came from uh, once upon a time, people used to go down the pubs or in, you know, into the town square and they would get together and they would sing songs. Yep. And then what happened was when um, churches looked at how can we get people together, um, they would just imitate what the inverted commas world was doing, yep. which was getting together and singing songs. And interesting, the world has sort of stopped doing that. Mm. That we don't we don't go to each other's places. And I mean, maybe you know, if you're Chinese or Japanese and you want to sing karaoke, but largely we don't get together and sing. But churches still do. Yeah, they get together and they sing, um, and they you know you certainly watch bands and all that kind of stuff within churches as well. But but definitely the idea of that sort of communal singing and choral singing. Well, no, I think music still brings people together, regardless if uh, whether we sing or not together. I I often think whenever I have people over. Um, or a few friends over, music like always goes on. Well, I do, I do like to sing, and people like to leave when I sing. So it's, a, you know, I, I don't know if there's a correlation. Uh, I choose to believe there's not. But no, I always put music on the background. Um, music is a big part of your life. I mean, it's a big part of my life too, right? Oh, it's a huge part of my but, life. But it is a huge part of your life, yeah. Oh, I still got a, a lot of gigs yep. to this day. Yeah. Um, I've always been... 
drawn to music, and music speaks to me. Like I, I, I definitely, um, I definitely connect with music. I find it a very emotional experience. Mm. Um, but I also find that it can lift my mood. It can change my mood in many negative and positive ways. Uh, and I think over time, I've learnt how to control music rather than music control me. Okay. Um, and it can also distract, can't it? Like oh. you, you know, you can put on music and it can distract you from you know, whatever it is that's getting you down or, or whatever. Well, back in university, because you'd study in a communal setting, I quite often would put music on and write essays and reports and whatever. Mm. To this day, I still have to do that at work. If I've got a report to write or, um, you know, a paper of something to, to present, I have to have music to mm. help me. It, it's it's really interesting, but it is. It's a powerful part of my life. And so, so it's no surprise that fundamentalist churches took music as something very very important right mm. and even the secular music right being, being secular meaning you know not of the church yeah um they were very preoccupied with that and and talking about you know again being primed before i joined any sort of church I was already exposed to the idea of backward masking as a kid yes that if you play this music backwards um, forwards, whatever. Um, but you know, something about playing the music backwards and somehow it would influence you, um, because the devil would put secret messages yep. inside music. And, and that was a Christian thing that came from Christians, right? Yeah. I was exposed to it too. And when I 10, 11, 12 years old, absolutely mm. sticking the record on and, and whacking it backwards. And that was well before I had any exposure to the church. So mm. yeah, definitely yeah. did. It, it leaked out. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I had friends of mine, and I, who would, um, we got right into the Beatles oh, yeah. and there was all this, you know, backward stuff apparently in the Beatles and, but they were, they were, the Beatles would actually put it on backwards, right? Like, yeah. and then you play it forwards, like Revolution Number no. 9 on the yeah. White Album, it's, you know, but then you play it backwards and it, it does say, turn me on, dead man. It says number nine, number nine. Mm-hmm. You play it backwards and it's clear as day. It goes, turn me on, dead man. Turn yeah. me on, dead man. Um, you know, and, and it sounds, the other parts of it, you know, it sounds just like someone speaking Russian. Um, but there's no message from the devil in that. No. Well, why why would the devil, you know? Well, he gets all the good music. Yeah, that's right. right. Well, he does get all the good music. He gets all the good music. So, so when I was in the revival centres, music wasn't of the devil. You could listen to whatever music you wanted, as long really? as it wasn't yeah, as long as it wasn't you know swearing and carrying on forwards. Yeah. Okay. Um, so again, I think I mentioned in the last episode they just weren't big on the devil. Yeah. The devil was not really a big part of of revival centres. But when I came into Great Big AOG, you weren't allowed. To listen to secular music it was like no we don't yeah. um it's not like anyone would come down on you it was just the culture the yep. the the peer pressure and everything was you listen to christian music mm. and the end i i remember once my brother was in the car with me and, I, and it was probably after you know two years of my conversion time and you know it had been a rocky up and down up and down and i remember putting some uh, music on that wasn't wasn't Christian music. I didn't listen to any Christian music. And I remember him tearing. Yeah, no, the... I knew it was Daryl Braithwaite. <laughs> no, back then or cold I, it was cold chisel. It was cold chisel. And, and, and I remember it. And and I remember it was a a tape. It was a tape. It was that long ago. And I remember him ripping it out of the tape deck and putting this artist in called Keith Green. Oh, Keith Green, yeah. 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 And um, I was a big Keith Green fan. Well, I became, I hated it. I, like, I ripped that tape out. I threw it in the back you seat. You put this love in my heart. <laughs> was, I, I became a big Keith Green. And, you know, I, I read 
the book. Uh, no compromise. It, uh, no compromise. Yeah. Many, many, yeah. many times. Yeah. Um, Same. Uh, yeah, I had the audio book on yeah. tape. I used to buy that book and give it to people. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great book. And it was, you know, it, it really, because I think it had the mix of music and story, and I love a biography. Mm. That, that was a big one. But music was, um, I, I found myself particularly uh, in the first few years of my journey in, in churches, judging a church that I went into by its music. Mm. So it was, how professional was it? How much of a tight outfit was it? Mm. All that sort of stuff. So, um it was it was definitely something that was highly influenced, and I mean one thing in Great Big AOG that they were heavily involved in was this thing called Youth Alive, mm. and Youth Alive used to be held at um, the Entertainment Centre. Yes, what's an Entertainment Centre? Big, yeah. big one, yeah. you know that that was enormous, and they would get plenty of people along, and I think over sometimes it run over two nights, didn't it? Mm. Oh, I can't remember. I don't know, but there was lots of people, lots of excited young people in there, and the draw card was music. Mm. Um, they they would basically put on huge concerts, like yeah, as if as if it was you know back in the day, as if it was Bon Jovi or if it was mm. you know Duran Duran or if it was you know whoever. Um, that they would it, it was on par in terms of lights and sound and all that kind of stuff. Certainly yeah. not in terms of the actual performance, but no. but the. The, as I said, the lights and the sounds and the atmosphere and everything yep. was a rock concert. Well, and you know, I, I remember one thing that stands out. I, I was so I became relatively involved in that space. Um, Tommy Emmanuel, famous guitarist in Australia, um, mm. he became a Christian, mm. and so he became a draw card at this Youth Alive. Mm. They got him along. He played guitar and he beautiful instrumentalist and he played imagine imagine by john lennon yes yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know if you remember this I do. but i it, do yes it, i've reflected on this a number of times and wondered what was he up to yeah 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 and and you know the controversy he was obviously never invited back because as you know one of the famous lines in it imagine there's no heaven mm. um no, basically he no says imagine if there's no religion yeah that's right yeah he does he does say that and yeah, no religion yeah. too right yeah so, uh, it but, was, but that's what I'm asking. What was Tommy? Because Tommy Emmanuel would know that that's what it says. Yeah, but or or was it complete naivety and thinking this is a beautiful piece of music? Because it is. Mm. It is such a beautiful piece of music, mm. and he. Um, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it's naivety. Yeah, because, you're down the controversy here. Yeah, because you know, would you would you be invited to speak or or sing or play you know guitar or whatever, and actually play a song that is directly challenging religion and the need for religion in the world at a religious event. I don't think you'd do that by accident. I think you're missing the point that he was oppressed by a demon. Ah, right. So right. Well, that was last back, episode. Go back so. to episode five yeah, right, and right, you'll right. see that. No, look, whatever was behind it, I mean, it was pathetic that he never got invited back because of that. Maybe, you know, maybe he was a tool of the devil too. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? I'm, I'm just wondering, was he... Oh, no, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. He, I, I don't think he was up to something because he was so big then. He, oh. you know, he was such a huge name. Enormous. That why would he bother, you know, going along to a, a Youth Alive rally and wow. say, there's a shit, ding, da, ding. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he was really into it, you know. I mean, I think he was... Yeah, he um, had a real conversion story, hadn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then a, I think a deconversion story a few years later. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, from what I understand, you know, I don't know him, 
but um, this from what I understand around the rumour mill. Yeah. Maybe it was all started from the fact that he played a magic. Yeah, yeah, played I don't a magic, yeah. But there, there was a huge thing. There was a lot of excitement. Um, I think we spoke about in one of our earlier episodes about that need to save souls. Yeah. Um, and that's what this night was all about. And I remember being a salvation counsellor mm. at, yeah, at I've these events. That. Yeah. yeah. So you would have these kids who would make a decision um, that they were going to follow Jesus and that was their their night of their conversion. They would then go back into a, a large section at the, the back of this stadium and you would have salvation counsellors who would sit around and essentially what you were doing was getting their contact details, making sure they got connected up with a church in their area. Church, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was yourself. You, you but there were, there were packs we'd give them there, to. There, there was little, packs. You know, with, with little tracts and, you know, how to how to stay saved and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I, I remember you'd, you'd open up to them and go, well, so has anyone got any questions about what's just happened? And most of them were you know, 13, 14, 15 and yeah. had no questions because they were yeah. blinded by the, the lights of mm. the music. Yeah. So, But the music was... Are, are you saying that music was manipulative? Ah, oh, look, I think I think they used it as a tool to bring people in. Mm-hmm. But if if I if I reflect upon the manipulation of it, absolutely. I mean, if if you looked at the stages of how they did it, there would be a hype. There would be mm-hmm. they come out with a bang. They yeah. get everybody into we it. We will every- fight. Yeah. Dun, dun. We will win. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And and people would be into it. And it was like one giant karaoke session. And then they would have a message, a very pointed message. And then you would have, you you could time it every time. Mm. There would be always someone who would sneak around the back of the stage, hop onto a keyboard, another one on a guitar. And start playing a really heavy string sound, right? Really heavy. Build the emotion. And the emotion would be built and then you would have a a call or an altar call for people who wanted to to come forward. But you know what? You're you're skipping a stage. And one of the stages was before they would do that whole talk and and bring... They would have the praise and worship time. Oh, yes, so it would start with bum, yes, bum, bum, yes, bum, yes. Bah, we will fight, we will win, we will destroy, yeah. Um, but then it would go into, you know, refresh my heart and all that yeah. kind of stuff, you know. And That's it was true. all that sort of um, soft, gentle, sappy sort of songs. Mm. And then, you know, the kids would start raising their hands and people would yep. be singing in tongues. And, and it became this sort of, and, and we would stand there in the crowd. Yeah singing to God, like picturing God in our mind and reaching out and singing, you know, looking upwards and singing out. And, and there was this whole sense of, of building to something, this, you know, lifting up and, and, and but in a really yeah. sort of soft way. And then, you know, that, that's when they would hope that the Holy Spirit would come. Yes. And fall on, you know, on everyone and soften hearts and all that kind of stuff. And then they'd go into the sermon and then they would do the altar call and the string sound. And... That's true. And, you know, I, I do forget. And, and quite often it was divided into praise, which mm. is the praise is high energy. Yep. And then the worship. Yep. Which, which, was, is, which is yeah. people on keyboards are doing heavy strings sound. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And the reason I keep talking about the heavy string sound is because later, when I was doing my own preaching and youth pastoring and all that kind of stuff, mm. I knew. Oh. Time for the strings. A hundred percent. You know, yep. and then... You know, and then you talk quietly over the strings yep. as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember um, the probably the first time that I led the praise and worship session. 
I remember, I remember using manipulative tools in it. And I consciously did it. Mm. Like, I, I remember actually thinking, okay, this is where I've got to get the drummer. I've got to point at the drummer. I've got him to just do a solid beat. And mm. then I've got to bring in the guitar. And then mm. I'll bring it. Mm. So you're building it slowly. You're building 100%. that crescendo up. You're building that impact. Yep. Yeah. And I knew how to do it because yep. I'd seen it a hundred times. Yeah. And I consciously did it because it was learnt behaviour. I thought that's what you had to do. Mm. That's how you actually had an impact. So it, it was, and there, you know, there was, there's a factory, there's a factory of musicians which pump out the most successful of this praise and worship, which of course in Australia is, is Hillsong. Yeah. And it's worth noting that whilst we're going to sit here and talk about being part of Great Big AOG, people would say, oh, you know, you're not, you, you were never in Hillsong. But when we were in Great Big AOG and in the, in the Assemblies of God, Hillsong was a part of the Assemblies of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, they weren't a church. They were a music conference. It yep. used to happen at Hills Christian Life Centre um, every year. And people from all over Australia, including our church, would all get excited. And have you been to Hillsong yet? You know, mm. this is this conference that would happen every year. And then the the leader of um, Hillsong was actually the head of the AOG. Yes. Um, Brian Houston. He was the head of the AOG for a while yeah. um, before. And then I don't even know the whole story about why they broke away and when they broke mm. away. But certainly that that whole using music in that way, um, we were there at the conception of that. Yeah. I think we should get badges and T-shirts. We were there. Uh, we, we absolutely were there. And it was hugely influential. Did you ever go to Hillsong? No, to no. I never went to Hillsong, but I would listen to Brian speak yep. because I was in Bible college and, you know, upcoming leader and all that kind of stuff. So I used mm. to go to, to conferences where he was leading. Yes. Um, he wasn't in charge of the AOG then, yep. um, but he was still a high flyer. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he would come and speak. And, and there was another guy, Jeff Bullock, who oh, used to write all this music. Yeah, I forgot about um, and, uh, Darlene Check. Darlene Check was another one, yeah. yeah. And these were all AOG people, you yeah. know. And so we'd go to Youth Alive rallies mm. and Youth Alive events, um, and they would be there. Yep. And they were just they were just people. They were just part of the furniture because yeah. they weren't yet... And I, I'm, I'm just speculating here. I'm not exactly sure how much money they make now, but they weren't yet making millions. Yeah. As individuals, let alone as churches. And, uh, do you think they... I mean, it's speculative, of course, but I think they went into it probably with good intention. Yeah, right? yeah I and, think so. And, yeah. and went in there and... and probably, As did we. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, fame just came to them. They became very, very famous within the, the circle and probably mm. started to be outside of that too when it was hitting, you know, it was on 60 Minutes here several times, you know, right. about the influence of Hillsong and... Right, well, um, the, the Prime Minister... Now, you know, yes. dating this podcast to 2021, he is a member of Hillsong. Yeah. Right? And he goes to that church. So yep. they, their, their influence is phenomenal. Is it Hillsong or Planet Shakers that he's part of? Hillsong. Mm. It is Hillsong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hillsong. I'm, I'm not sure. I've never paid any attention. Planet Shakers is still AOG. Is it? But it's yeah. basically, I think Hillsong left and Planet Shakers went, well, we, we're going to do this too, you know. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, right? So using, using music, we digress. Using music in that way... Um, you know, you talked about the difference between praise and worship, and I can remember you were. I, I was allowed to lead the praise, yeah, but I wasn't allowed to lead the worship. Yeah, absolutely. That was... so I could do the fast songs. Yeah, but I couldn't do the slow songs. And and I do have a, a recollection of a time that you know we we got involved in these O teams. I think they're called yep. out, outreach teams, teams. Yeah. and and yeah. we would go to smaller fledgling churches as they were. Um, 
really starting to get off the ground because we came from great big AOG. Yeah, yeah, you know, right, we yeah. were the experts. It was, it was great and fucking big. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. And let, me, let us come and impart. So, you know, there'd be a group and the group would consist of someone who led the praise and the worship or praise or worship. Um, there was someone who would preach and you would essentially do the whole thing and i think you were trying to teach them how to do it Mm. all they saw that you were coming from great big aog and thought my god this is you know this is amazing someone actually paying attention but you i remember this one time you got very this one time on band (laughs) (laughs) it was close to that um but he you were you were really into it, and you were good at it. You were good, and I'm sure. To oh this man, day, I was a, I was a master manipulator. Yeah, you, you, you were you were great, but <laughs> not it, just with songs. With too. <laughs> keep going, keep going. But but I, I I remember this one, and you were just you went off. There was there's a, an artist here in Australia, Jimmy Barnes. Google him. Just have he's a little bit of a rock singer. Um, and Jimmy Barnes likes to really slam into a song and rock his body around. And you did a Jimmy Barnes while you were doing a praise song. Yeah. And the, the praise song was called Jesus, Lover of My Soul. Yeah. And um, you you were going off. You turned that into something else. Yeah. And, and I remember people, I remember looking around and people were really into it. And I remember looking at you going, what, what, what's happened? Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that was all performance. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but also, I was... I was enjoying myself. (laughs) That was what was happening in that moment. It it was great. And and it's funny because after, I don't know if it was that one or another one where I did a similar thing, um, someone, one of the pastors came up to me and, you know, prophesied that God was going to use me in music. Right. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm going to be a pastor. (laughs) I'm going to preach. Yeah. It's more, it's more about control and power (laughs) than it is about, you know, status because, those singers and everything, whilst they were on in one one hand, they were idolized and lauded. Mm. Um, at the same time, though, they were second. They were tier B. Yeah. Compared to the pastors and the preachers and and that oh, kind of stuff. Absolutely, I, I remember wanting to be a pastor. Mm. You know, because it was it was the ultimate tier. Mm. Um, I, I can remember being in church one day, and you know, just retreating into my own head. Mm. But at the time, I was having a moment with God. Yep. Where I felt God was asking me what I wanted to do. Yeah. Do you want to be a singer, or do you want to be a preacher? Yeah. And I was like, no, no choice, God. Yeah. I want to be the preacher. I thought you were going to say you wanted to be a singing preacher. Singing for preacher. A well, yeah, yeah, but no. Life is um, a musical. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, you know, that was the choice. Yeah. Because yes, music, music will manipulate, but not as much as power will. No, no, <laughs> no, absolutely. I. I want to go back to something we started at the start of this podcast was talking about um, the influence of music and, and how you couldn't listen to worldly mm. music. Mm. What was the impact that had for you? When I, when I stepped into Great Big AOG, there was a number of sort of barriers, there's sort of hurdles that you jump to, to get closer and closer in, right? So, you know, going to a home group, mm. going to youth, and another one was dealing with worldly music. Yeah. Uh, quitting smoking and drinking was part of it as well. Yep. But dealing with worldly music. Now, I had a really nice music collection, yep. um, you know, vinyl, um, even to the point where I had gotten rid of cassettes to purchase vinyl of yep. the same albums, that kind of stuff. So I, I really, but I was really into heavy metal. Yeah. So I had things like Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne, you know, the Beatles and stuff. I had an, um, a Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band picture disc. Yeah. Right? Like full picture disc of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely, which I'd bought overseas. The whole, you know, I had a really nice collection. Yeah. Burnt them all. Yeah. 
gave it all to Jesus mm. um, and set fire to it. Yeah. And my mother, who wasn't involved, was mortified. Yeah. Because this this collection was worth a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I torched it. Mm. Torched it all. And did not listen to secular music for probably from about 1990 till about 1995. Yeah. If I heard it in the on the radio or at a uh, you know shopping center or something, fine. Yeah. But I didn't buy albums. I didn't tune into the radio myself. It was all uh, Christian music. And I remember when you came out the other side of that. I, I remember a conversation. I mean, you used to try and shit stir people with with that too because you knew it triggered them. And I remember being at a wedding with you and um, you were asking people out of the blue whether they'd heard the new Oasis album. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because I left Great Big AOG before you did. Yes, yes, you yeah, did. And, but I was still sort of on the fringes a little bit and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And uh, because, because for me, taking that back, oh. I mean, this is a whole other episode, right? But yeah. taking that back and saying, this is actually what I enjoy, this is who I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I I was similar as, as we said before. Music's always been a huge part of my life. I had a huge music collection as well. Yes, I'm going to hang my head in shame here. Go and tell the story yes. for, uh, for the listeners. It's fairly significant, and I'd I'd had this. I remember this one album I had. It was um, a Colgers album called Your Thirteen, You're Beautiful in Your Mind. Mm. Was which a... which nowadays hashtag me too would probably not. Oh, it, yeah. It would not be popular. However, I bought that back in the 80s, probably the mid-80s, and I paid about $150 for it back then. Mm. Um, mm. Very limited. Not many of these around. This was perfect. Never been played. But that was just one of hundreds and hundreds of albums and compact discs I had mm. at the time. Mm. Um, I used to buy at least two CDs every week with mm. my pay or yeah. a vinyl. But I... I loved my music and I still love it. And as I said before, I, I, I found it really difficult to latch onto Christian music at first because it's just it bored me. Like I really loved the music I had. And I can, I can remember because I didn't have a car and you used to dri- drive me places and I'd get in yeah. your car and you would be playing secular music. Yes. And I was like, what? You know, I, I didn't say it like this, but in, you know, in retro, retrospectively, I was, what the fuck? Why yeah. is this guy in leadership and, you know, mm. youth leadership and, and doing all this sort of stuff and obviously got a heart for God and everything? And we hop in to his car and he's putting on Daryl Braithwaite or he's putting on <laughs> Cold Chisel or he's putting on, yeah, Frente, whatever. And it was just like, yeah. So, so we went on a, a, I think we had a couple of days of fasting and prayer retreat. Um, yes, we did. Yes, we did. And um, I remember you delivering a word from did God oh. at that time saying mm. that I needed to rid myself. If I wanted to be closer to God, I needed to rid myself of that music collection. Did I really? Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. No. I didn't realise I did that. I thought I just came to you off the, you know, one day and said, hey, man, as a concerned person. But I actually brought God yeah, yeah, and yeah. manipulated you. Had a, had a word. Um, awesome. And, but you probably thought it was the right thing to do. Well, I totally thought it was the right thing, and I still do. And, <laughs> and I was ripe for the picking because I went, you know what? Yeah, I don't think I can get closer to God. I knew MP3s this. were coming. It was all fine. <laughs> that was the moment where I went home and I destroyed my music music collection. I broke every single one of my records, my compact yeah. discs. I destroyed It wasn't enough tapes. to give them away. We had to actually destroy them. You it. couldn't give them away because yeah. then, then you're giving it to someone else and yeah. they you're That's invoking right. those issues to them. I remember then I built up a huge Christian music collection. And much like you, I reckon it was from about 1990. Maybe 91, 92, but maybe through to 96, 97, predominantly, 
I only listened to Christian music because mm-hmm. I thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah. So I can remember you were into Steve Camp. Yes. Steve Curtis Chapman. Yeah. Keith Green. Keith Green, yeah. Yeah. But also a lot of alternative Christian yeah. music. There was a, uh, a band called Mad at the World. Okay. Um, used to really like them. Uh, the Swirling Eddies. Right. Um, the Rockin' Rabbis. I don't know any of this. Yeah, so it was yeah. very, very, very alternative. And you know what? I've still got those discs at home. Okay. So, but it was probably about 96, 97. I turned back again and went, you know what? I'm going to start building my yeah. my non-Christian music collection back up. Um, Screw yeah, that's right yeah. but, but you know it was all part of the journey and it's whatever you know yeah. in in the end it's material possessions and it's gone and and you know to compensate we do but, have spotify but remember we moved from you know vinyl to cds and yeah. then you know people now have gone back to vinyl i get that um but it's all it's all there on spotify so we didn't end up yeah. losing anything really we didn't we, but it speaks to something deeper we lost our religion well yeah yeah <laughs> well which which at that point was music but you know what I'm saying? It speaks to something deeper, which was that music was so powerful, the church saw it as a threat. Yes. And so they had to sever us from those voices, from those mm. influences. You know, that well, they felt they did. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. Yeah. It's all those things to fear. But, I mean, this is a massive topic. And, and I reckon we could 100% do, you know, part two, three and four of this. Who mm. knows? You mm. know, who knows what we'll um, bring up later on. But... It's it's an interesting one, and it's one that is dear to my heart. Mm. So, yeah, cool. All right. Well, that that sounds good to me. Let's um, let's make this another one of these part ones where mm. we can talk about music and and those kinds of things later. I would also like to one day do an app where we talk about Hillsong and stuff like that because yeah. whilst we, like you know we weren't actually there when they exploded, um, we were there at the beginning, and um, you know I think we've got some perspective to bring on Hillsong. Yeah, absolutely, and I think um. You know, like, it's not going to be sequential. Music part two won't be next week. It'll be another time. Yeah, exactly um, right. Just like, we will just keep on mixing it up. So, yeah, totally. But thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, yep, look us up on Facebook. Jump into the group. Have a chat. Find us on your favourite podcast. You know, another thing I'd like to say, it's going to sound, you know, typically people that make podcasts say this, but tell your friends about us. Um, if you think that what we're saying is, is valid or interesting, tell your friends about us. Um, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and also um, give us a rating because that actually yeah. brings us up in the search results when people search for us. And, you know, if you don't like us, then give it to an enemy. Yeah. You know, spruik us, say, hey. Give us one star yeah. rather than five. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. just give us some. But no, no, appreciate it and appreciate everyone's support to date. It's, um, it's great. Yeah, Catch cool. you soon. All right, see you next week.